Good evening, godless sodomites. Uh, it's not bad. Okay. It's not I, uh, hollow, but it's okay. I can only find one of my AirPods. That's fine. At least you have the one. Yeah, I ha- I can put in other headphones though if this sounds bad. There could be only one. We we need there to work on getting none. we need to work on getting you an actual microphone. Me? I have one. Yeah, you. I have one. I just well, should probably it? like set it up. Yeah, you should probably do that. So <laughs> yeah. it'd sound a lot better. So it'd be a lot cooler okay. if you did. All right. All right. Uh. All right, welcome to the excommunication station. I am your host, Chaz. I'm joined by Chrissy and Donovan. How are you guys? Spectacular. <laughs> Cut all my hair off. Cut like eight inches off my hair. Really? Oh, snap. Yeah. So all right, Samson. Super short. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's great. Because we've been swimming like every day. And that... long hair is not acceptable when it's yeah. constantly wet. Mm. I, I can I only just look like a drowned rat because when my beard's long and it gets wet I hate how fucking heavy that shit gets so I can only imagine how a head of hair gets <laughs> how long does it take a beard to dry when you get out of the pool not long Mm-mm. I mean I guess huh? it depends on the density of the beard yeah but I always rub it dry I mean a little bit I don't just let it sit there and air dry I try to, I try to shake it like a mad dog yeah, I have this image in my head it. of you guys with those like little towel turbans around your beards, and yeah. I sort of like it. It's more why. they look they look more like the ones where you wrap them around your waist and tuck it in, like right around your boobs. That's what yeah. it looks like wrapped around our beards. Just right around your yeah. chin. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we are your hip new youth pastors, and oh, daddy, daddy. How was I supposed to know that something wasn't right? Oh, daddy, daddy, I shouldn't have touched down low. And now you're out of sight. Show me how you want me to be. Tell me, daddy, because I need to know. Oh, Oh, because my loneliness is killing me. I must confess, I still believe, still believe. When I'm not in church, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Bless me, Daddy, one more time. I don't even have words anymore. They're getting way too long. No, they're not. That was perfect. (laughs) I can't wait to edit this over the instrumental. Uh, and with that, uh, this is the Inquisition. Guys, who is your favorite Muppet slash Muppet baby? And it can include Sesame Street. I will allow that. Any Jim Henson production, I guess. Any, oh, wow can't do this to me man this is literally like asking me to pick one of my favorite kids 
<laughs> it's oh, a real Sophie's choice. <laughs> Call back to another episode. Yeah. Call back. I like it. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say Gonzo. I love him. Yeah, yeah. Mine cha- Mine changed. I think like through my ages. Like when I was a kid, and it, like I mean, when I was a teenager, I loved Animal. But I oh think, yeah, me too. And I think, but it's all I, like in my heart, it's always been Fozzie. Oh God, mm. Fozzie. Yeah. He's just he's just me as a person, 100. percent Yeah. <laughs> gets super sad if you don't think his jokes are funny <laughs> always is the dumbest shit and then it's like trying to be the right hand man doesn't care to be the, the center stage that's me <laughs> mm-hmm. i gotcha yeah uh I'm, mine is ralph the uh oh, that, yeah. that yeah, was my yeah. third choice <laughs> yeah and then uh beaker in a close second yep I love gonzo that. and grover would be my two yeah and then snuffle up i guess would come in a third yeah, D- Daniel oh, yeah. loves stuff. Yeah, Daniel. The Daniel loves Big Bird too, though. So they they're kind of like a pair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah. yeah, that was still yeah. When, remember when he like disappeared? Oh, some shit. I'm sad. No. Who disappeared? Didn't Snuffleupagus disappear? Yeah, in that in that like Japanese like when they go to Japan or something. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching it and crying. Yeah. What in oh, the fuck are you trauma. guys talking about? Right? And then there was the robot chicken they did where uh, Big Bird died of bird flu. So oh, he God. disappeared because he was part of his imagination. <laughs> All right. That might have been what I was actually thinking of. I gotta go. Bye, Snuffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I have literally that. no clue what you're talking about. Right? So now it's okay. we'll send did, it to you. You we basically just set this up for me to just do Muppet impressions the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Uh, with that, we need to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do more. Right. Um, Here comes the abortion killer. Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus. Anyway. Uh, this the, we need to do the most important thing, and that is to pray. So hold the hand of the person next to you, and if you're driving, let Jesus take the wheel. Now, if the Republican Party becomes a party that actually does the say does the things we say we're about, then we are going to be a party for nationalism. Isn't that right? But then I think there's another element we need to have. And I'm a Christian. How many Christians do we have here? myself a Christian nationalist and that's not a bad word that's actually a good thing right and there's nothing wrong with leading with your in with your faith because we should lead with our faith because if we're doing that then we're doing the right thing doesn't mean we're perfect it just means we're doing the right thing and I think that's what the Republican Party needs to be about we all got guns and we won't have crooks. Now what could make them think that way? What could make them act that way? They're just a right-wing pigeon from outer space. Sending to destroy the human race. They don't give a damn about it, you all me. They just buy guns and watch TV. Let's go! And we're back. Okay. Uh, 9-11, the anthrax scare, and the war on Terra. Terra. 
<laughs> I said that like Bush. Jesus Christ. Terror. Uh, Terra. Uh, Hello. Uh, look like it. W- this is going to be a long episode. Um, <laughs> look like it took the wind out of the sails of the pro-life movement. Maybe it was a combination that the radicalized white people were able to take their violence out on brown people, home and abroad, taking their reprehensible rhetoric to patriotic fever, sending off young possible radical foot soldiers into the sands and mountains of Iraq and Afghanistan, and being able to release their untapped sexual tension online instead of in real life with the rise of the internet and email. Also, not just evangelical numbers, but also Catholic numbers have just tanked since the uptick in the late 90s to just around post 9-11. Do you remember, like, how radicalized that shit was? I remember, like, at one point in, like, elementary school writing, like, on a postcard, like, they were doing, like, uh, writing letters to the troops and shit. And I was, like, I, like, legit wrote on one. I was like, thanks for what you're doing, boys. Remember, freedom isn't free. Ugh, I was like ten. I, I yeah, I believe I wrote very similar things, and now looking back, I'm like, why didn't someone stop me? I remember one kid looking over my shoulder, literally laughing out loud. I was like, "What's so funny? I'm a patriot." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I it was very, uh, very fight, uh, very fight oriented time for me yeah. in my life. So yeah. Um, but uh, this isn't me soapboxing, just stating facts, uh, everything positive about their church, their influence, the faith in the institution to solve issues, their integrity, all have tanked in every poll. Um, I, again, another combination of the handling of sexual abuse, blatant racism, hate for the LGBT community, greed, hypocrisy, and it's all on display every day on social media personal pleasure point when i see someone acting like an asshole on social media nine times out of ten if you can see their profile they're gonna be there's gonna be a bible verse or a he is risen on their profile somewhere and i love pointing that out uh it reinforces that that hypocrisy doesn't matter and the only real answer is an absolute separation from them and that that's always so, like, like a little game show when you go to yeah. click on their profile if it's not private. It's like Oh, there's a there's a lion and a lamb in the background. Cool. Right. Who's yeah. a bigot? <laughs> you know, it's always the uh people with the Jesus fish on their car that cut you off too. Yeah. Always oh, like like assholes in the okay. parking lot. Yeah. I have a story about a guy with the Jesus fish. That motherfucker was watching me at work today. I, I was talking to Chaz about these assholes at work, that, like old ass dudes that are like, you're not putting boxes away right. And this dude had a fucking giant fish on his water bottle. So I started calling him, uh, what was it? Catholic Catholicism in my head. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, dude. Uh, so there was a major dip in violence. I'm just going to move on. So there's a major dip in violence of the late 80s and early 90s, although the harassment, picketing, and just being all around assholes is still in vogue and on the rise. And before we start going into that violence, do you guys remember John Burt from the first episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that good old boy got himself into a real pickle. <laughs> 
He forced himself onto a 15-year-old girl who was recently come from North Ireland to stay at Bert's troubled teen's house. Oh. He groped her and started to force uh, to force on her a little bit more when some people came into the room. Bert left and walked out of the room. Oh a few minutes a few minutes later, Bert was back at the window of the kitchen. He held a note up asking her to suck his dick and to fuck. Wow. She, wow. I assume lured lured him back into the room. Or he just as, came in anyway. <laughs> no, she no, she got him back in the room. Okay. Um, as soon as he came back in the room, she grabbed the note from him. Nice. Bert and the girl got into a fight and the victim screamed for help. People came back, ran back into the room. Bert got up and ran and took off in his van. Oh my god. Of course he has a van. Yeah. The victim still had the note. Bert was found five days later in Catahoochee. What's Catahoochee? It's a city. Um uh, while in custody, Bert tried to kill himself by cutting his wrist, but could not finish the job. Of course, no, of course not. Bert's main defense was that the girl was untrustworthy because of her past and that the note was for Bert's wife and the victim stole the letter to hurt Bert's mission in life. Look, man, I'm just trying to get my wife to suck my dick. Why would you need to write your wife a note about it, though? You could just be like, hey. Hey, sometimes uh, you get busy and you just need a reminder which what needs to be done. Hey, don't don't poke holes in my story. Yeah, but you could just be like, hey, hon. I could. I could. I could do a lot of things, but that's not what I did. I have a hard okay. time expressing myself verbally. <laughs> it's better if I write it down and then right. and then, you know, work on it that way. Right. Um but isn't, uh, that, isn't that fucking that name of that uh Alan Jackson song too? Chattahoochee or whatever. Yeah, right there's a name. Yeah, yeah. It yeah it's about hoochie yeah. coochie. We don't yeah. talk about that enough. He says that Matt song. It's about this incident, I believe. Um, oh, really? It's not. It's... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew how much. It's I'm late and I'm gullible. So, <laughs> um, on April first, two thousand four, he was found guilty on five counts. Oh, oh my God! This uh, it, it spell corrected to molration. I was um, about to say what <laughs> five counts of molestation and lewd conduct. Bert was sentenced to eighteen years in jail. The victim moved back to Ireland and was allowed to testify at the trial via satellite. So that's cool. But yeah, on with the abortion violence. But just to show that uh, most of these guys are shitbags to begin with. Um, but anyway, on. January 9th, 2005, a fire caused major damage, totaling 500000 at uh, Eastside Women's Clinic. Uh, the ATF ruled it arson and put a reward out for information, but it still remains unsolved. Around December 12th, 2004, Patrick put, no, Patricia Hughes and her sister, who both had abortions at Hope Medical Group for Women in Shreveport, Louisiana, over the next year, she had become consumed with guilt, which grew to anger. She had her boyfriend help her firebomb the clinic one year later. Wow. Hughes and Jeremy Donahue, her boyfriend, drove to the clinic. 
Hughes got out of the car with a shampoo bottle with gasoline in it and a lit rag hanging out of the top. She broke out a window and threw the bottle, but she missed the building completely. Wow. She, she hopped in the car and drove away with Hughes. They would be arrested days later. Donahue got one year for accessory to start the fire. Hughes almost got 20 years because of a prior burglary charge, but she pled guilty for six years. Mm. Her defense was that she was setting up a candle memorial. No, and she said she bottle. She said she put a candle at the top of the bottle so it could burn with the gas in it for a longer time. Like she, I believe she compared it to the JFK Memorial. Oh my god! Have you ever seen those YouTube videos of five minute crafts? Five minute crafts, Jesus! Oh my goodness, that's great. Uh, <laughs> On September 11th, never forget, 2006, around 5 a.m., David McMenemy wanted to send a message and possibly make himself a suicide martyr. McMenemy doused the inside of his car with gasoline and drove it into the Edgerton Women's Healthcare Center in Davenport, Iowa. He smashed his car into the lobby, got out of the car, poured more gas into the lobby and on his car and set it all on fire. He gave himself up to responding firefighters. McMenemy got five years in jail and had to repay $263,000 to $263,252. Never mind. I don't $263,000 in terrible numbers. Um, He had to pay back some money. Yeah, uh, he had to repay, repay back uh, $263,000 in restitution. Um, and uh, yeah, the sender he attacked didn't even provide or even refer, re- refer abortions. Oh. So he missed, you know, attacked a women's office that didn't even do abortions. So uh, smart one there. I was going to uh, say, he, if he did a little bit of research, he would have figured that out. But if he did a little bit of research, he probably wouldn't be doing any of this shit to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you hope not. Uh, he went back to jail in 2012 for three months for a parole violation. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Ross Evans had a criminal past and he was prone to violence. At 22, he went on a spree where he stole a truck and held up a Whataburger and a convenience store with a pellet gun. He was paroled after just three years. Wow. Somewhere along the line, the 27-year-old came up with a plan to cause a lot of damage and kill as many people as possible. From the Southern Poverty Law Center, quote, according to the FBI, Evans packed a cooler with a propane cylinder, a foot-long copper pipe, a mechanical timer, potassium nitrate, a model rocket detonator, and two pounds of nails and left it outside the Austin Women's Health Center. The clinic's business manager noticed the package in the parking lot at 2.15 p.m. After ordering the clinic evacuated, authority used a robot to detonate the bomb. The FBI didn't have, end quote, the FBI didn't have a hard time finding evidence they were easily able to f- identify the materials that came from a local Walmart. Hmm. 
they were even even able to get he, Evan's information. He bought um, his firebomb materials at Walmart. Yep, all from Walmart. That's I mean, really I don't think you got the. I don't think you got everything there, but uh, most of it. So I guarantee a lot of that shit was on rollback. So you know, <laughs> don't diss it too too much, man. I mean, those prices aren't too bad right now. In this economy, you got to <laughs> save where you can, right? Right. I guess. <laughs> well, so you can't go to Target to get your potassium nitrate. I mean, they're mm-hmm. too expensive over there. They they have name brand stuff. <laughs> So what you just you get it at Walmart and Dollar General and yeah Yeah. big Dollar Generals. See, actually, Family Dollar's got the best bang for your buck. They really do. They really do. Um, uh, (laughs) When they (laughs) (laughs) when they search Evans' house, they found uh, pipe and firebomb designs, a book, uh, and the Turner Diaries, and an attack list. Yes. The neo-Nazi handbook, the Turner Diaries. Um, Evans had even more targets. He was going to bomb a stem cell researcher. He was going to bomb a porn company. He was going to bomb an attorney who argued Roe. And lastly, he was going to bomb a rabbi. What? Luckily, he did not get past his first target. And the dude wasn't smart enough to make sure that went off in the first place. And Evans got... Yeah, he got 40 years in jail. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he got some years for that. Did, did he have, did he ever give reasons for each specific? Well, like, I get, I guess, porn because it's tainting America, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, and stem cells. Lawyer are, yeah. Yeah. Stem cells. Uh, we, we all learned that they were just sucking the bone marrow out of babies' spines. That's what we learned, basically. In my, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I don't get the rabbi one. Because of the Turner Diaries, he's he's like uh, a, yeah. I forgot about Nazi. the Turner Diaries. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, asked and answered again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on December sixth, two thousand seven, Chaz Altman and Sergio Baca climbed down from a metal pipe at Baca's apartment. They were dressed in black, and they drove to the practice of Doctor Curtis Boyd. They smashed a window to get inside the office. They threw gasoline around and lit the office on fire and ran. But, you know, these guys are always so smart. Um, Altman burnt his hand and dropped his glove, which left behind his DNA. Baca said he got Altman to burn down the office with him because Baca's girlfriend had an upcoming abortion at Boyd's clinic. Man, so instead of having an adult conversation about her body and their relationship, you burn the place to the fucking ground, um, yeah. like an adult. Sounds so, reasonable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Baca got forty-six months in jail, and Altman got forty months, and they both had to pay back seven hundred ninety-six thousand dollars in restitution. Nice. All because and, a dumb motherfucker left his glove. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. You should have just not did this. I mean, that's yeah. That's the, that's the real reason you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I would have gotten away for it. Wasn't that meddling glove? <laughs> <laughs> In early 2009, Matthew L. DeRosia uh, was watching a Catholic channel and believed that despite his hate for the pro-choice movement and his demonstrating. 
he wasn't doing enough in the fight. Mm. Then the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke to, to DeRosa. Oh. Jesus said to his child, stop the murderers. Oh, I should also mention that DeRosa had a lifelong issue with mental illness. He was officially diagnosed with, with a schizophrenic disorder. He has been hop- hospitalized a number of times for his mental health. I don't know, but, man. Jesus could I, have been talking to him. <laughs> I feel so bad when I hear things like that. Because it's like, if he could have gotten the help he needed, we could have, you know, if we had not mm. closed all of our mental health facilities and defunded mm-hmm. all those programs, like it, it's heartbreaking. And yep. how, to the people that his actions harmed, like, how do, how do we justify? Well, we just didn't want to pay for that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. I felt so bad this weekend. We drove up to Orlando. And on the way back, uh, we were, we, you know, we stopped in several delightful truck stops to go potty and get water and, you know, do all the fun things that you do. And browse the at one of, stickers and laugh at all the ones that make yeah. them liberals. Try to keep away yeah, from the course. shower stalls. Of course. All the things. And in one of the lines, there was a guy just standing there holding his hands over his ears and crying. Whoa. And I was like, are you in line? <laughs> Cause I didn't know what else to say. Cause I'm an awkward, yeah. weird person. Um, and he was like, no ma'am, I'm not in line. You can please go ahead. I was like, are you, are, are you okay? And he goes, I am fine. I just, it's too much with the voices. And I was like, Oh buddy. And he yeah. ran off. I was like, I wish, I wish there was something I could do. I wish there was like we that we didn't do this to people with mental illness in, mm-hmm. in this society. We're so rich. Why are we doing this? Because that's what Jesus would do. Yep. You're right. Okay. I think so. and also on top of it, when Jesus told him to stop the murderers, he might have been referring to the people killing the doctors that are performing the abortions, but he didn't understand. Yeah, you got Jesus mixed messages. Is like, this is my inn. I really need to stop this shit now. Hey, stop killing these guys. And he's just like, you got it. No, wait, no, that's not what I meant. Um, on January 22nd, 2009, DeRosa drove his SUV to the Planned Parenthood in St. Paul, Minnesota, and rammed his SUV into the entrance. He backed up and drove into the entrance again. When he got out of the SUV, he started screaming and yelling Bible verses and said, Close down the Auschwitz death camp. Wow. The police showed up and arrested DeRosa. When he was interviewed by the police, he said, quote, We are in World War III, and Jesus is coming back really soon, end quote. Now, DeRosa was 33 at the time and lived with his mother, who probably wasn't the best support system for his fragile mental health state. When she was asked about her son, she said that he was on the medication he was on wasn't working, but he was doing much better now. When asked about his attack at the Planned Parenthood, she said, quote, there's just so much hate for him from these people. There's nothing godly about them. There's no air of forgiveness. They're just hardcore pound of flesh. End quote. Jesus. Wait, what? There's no forgiveness for him? Yeah, from the Planned Parenthood people. 
apparently, because they're there's nothing godly about them. Because wow. they're going, like, they, they're going, they're like suing him or going pressing charges against him. She managed to make her son the victim after he yeah. that attacked them. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why he uh, attacked people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sounds like he was definitely held accountable for things as a kid. Oh yeah, absolutely, and not just. I mean, yeah, there's not just that, but also that like his mother probably didn't take the best care of him with his uh, schizophrenia. It seemed like that he yeah. had. So um, his mom sounds like Bobby Boucher's mom. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> the devil. Yep. Uh, he was ordered to pay restitution and was sentenced to mandatory psychiatric care and five years probation, where he has to stay away from all abortion clinics. Mm. Uh, here we go into one of the more major stories on this episode. How Scott, f- who, who keeps an eye on that? Like who monitors that? Like that he has to stay away his from all parole officer, I would imagine. Yeah, his parole officer. If he's caught near one, if he gets reported near one, if he goes on a on a march or a protest or anything like that. I don't uh, think he would get eye on shit like that. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you'd hope so. I don't know the whole system. Um, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> it seems like white people really slip through the cracks with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Scott Roeder married his wife in 1986. A few years into their marriage, things started to fall apart. Roeder couldn't hold down a job. When he had a job, it never paid enough. His wife and his two kids were desperate. In 1992, Roeder was watching the 700 Club. And thanks to, I guess, Pat Robertson, accepted the good Lord Jesus into his soul. And with that, a strong abortion, anti-abortion stance. Uh, it was also coincidence with his beliefs that the reason he couldn't get ahead in life was because the goddamn government was taking too much money out of his low paychecks for him to survive and provide for his family. During this whole, during this whole transformation, he would praise violent abortion actors. He told his wife that Paul Jennings Hill was absolutely right for murdering Dr. David Gunn. He started having contact with Shelly Shannon, who the woman who tried to kill Dr. George Tiller. Shot him through both arms, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, He even drove to Topeka, Kansas to visit her in jail. Weirdo. Weirdo. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Uh, Just imagine like the cable guy where he's just like. literally what I was just thinking. I'm not kidding. I was literally (laughs) just thinking of that. I was going to say he's like putting him under the glass and he does it himself. By 1993, Roeder uh, said he had his first thoughts about killing a high-level abortion provider. He would abandon his family in the mid-90s and become a part of the Sovereign Citizen Movement. Do you guys know what the Sovereign Citizen Movement is? I've heard of it, but I cannot for the life of me. Basically, enough to say I know. (laughs) uh, Basically, that a human being is uh, a country unto their own. Um, oh so, yeah, like the dudes from um, the, uh, the 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 Fundy Mormons. Yes, yeah, very close to that. Um, so where they like uh, send back their their driver's license? Yeah, they refuse no, to pay taxes. Yeah, yeah, okay. all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he became part of the Montana Freeman militia. Mm. 
In April 1996, Roeder was arrested in Topeka, Kansas. He was driving without a license in an unregistered car and without plates. The plates he did have on the car read Sovereign Citizen. What a dick. Uh, in the car, he had a gun and bomb-making materials, and he was sentenced to 16 months in jail, but was released after eight on a technicality. Roeder's wife what was divorced... The technicality fucking forget what it was um i had to do something with the arrest and the search um but uh yeah rotor's wife divorced him and after this she believes that he was on the way to bomb a clinic i don't understand why you'd be driving around in a fucking car with plates that read sovereign citizen with fucking bomb materials in it, because you, your your odds of being pulled over are very high with that fucking plate, and then you're oh, still yeah, like, absolutely. Be just driving around with bomb materials in it. And it yeah, I mean, it's I, not I like guess. you're a logical person if you've got bomb materials. Yeah, so in what your that, car. I, I was coming around to that as I was saying it, so <clears> I started <throat> stuttering. I'm like, well, I guess it's to be expected. <laughs> yeah, you're not thinking things yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. right. But not a real logical person, this guy. <laughs> I mean, when the system hasn't really punished you for anything that you've ever really done in your life. That's true, too. You know, you can just kind of do what you want. Um, You're not going to think you're getting much trouble. I mean, let's just, I can't imagine the audacity to write that shit on a license plate and just shove that in like the Pullman Motors or some fucking stupid shit license plate cover that came with it. Uh, so funny capitalism with that in the middle of it (laughs) (laughs) um after he left prison he lived with the former montana free uh freeman militia member uh and he claims that rotor talked to him about escalating violence and that rotor would pray a lot and tell god disturbing things like quote use me as your instrument of destruction ew As Rotor worked odd jobs around Topeka, he got very involved with an organization that we remember from the first episode, Operation Rescue. Operation Rescue. Operation Rescue had their sights back on Wichita in the office of Dr. George Tiller. What was left over of the organization had focused their efforts exclusively on Tiller now. Their harassment was relentless. Jesus Christ. They would protest. They held demonstrations. They would accost women who were going to Dr. Tiller for late term term abortions because he was one of the only few doctors in the country who would perform the procedure. The staff were victims now too. Operation Rescue docks Tiller and his employees They went around to staff's neighborhoods and flyered houses and cars and sent postcards with graphic images and messages letting them know that their neighbor worked for a baby killer. Isn't that stalking, technically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Operation Rescue would, would target Tiller's church and protest outside during Sunday service. And Roeder started to stalk Tiller at his church as well as his clinic. Can you imagine how confused you'd be walking up to church to come to mass that day and there's another church protesting outside? Like you're like, do I do I join in? What what's happening? Is this an exercise? Is this practice for next week? <laughs> what's going on here? 
Tiller. That's why does I say Tiller? He goes here. What's happening? <laughs> um, starting in 2005, Bill O'Reilly turned his national TV show against Dr. Uh, Tiller. Barf. He started attacking him on his nightly show. For years and years, he would do reports about Tiller and call him Tiller the Baby Killer. Oh, he's so clever. Yeah. Operation Boy. Rescue was more than happy to help and talk about him to O'Reilly. Of course. Airtime, baby. Yeah. Uh, in 2007, Tiller made national news when he was indicted by a grand jury on 19 misdemeanor charges for assisting on a late-term abortion. Because he had a financial interest in the practice the abortion was was being done at had potentially violated a law. It was a weird thing that like I couldn't really get a good explanation about. Um, but uh, this put Tiller on the O'Reilly factor more. He was mentioned more than 40 times and was called the baby killer more than 28 times from 2005 to 2009. That's when I was watching it with my dad. Hell yeah. O'Reilly, Laura Ingram. Um, (laughs) Operation Rescue members attended the trial. Scott Roeder also attended the trial. He can be seen sitting near a leader of Operation Rescue in some of the clips from the trial. Scott Roeder also got in touch with some of the people from the Army of God. In 2007, Rotor posted on the Operation Rescue website, quote, uh, bless, he did a lot of misspelling, so uh, bless everyone for attending and praying in May to bring justice to Tiller and the closing of his death camp. Sometime soon, would it be feasible to bring as many people as possible to attend Tiller's church inside, not just outside, end quote. Rotor also converted to Messianic Judaism, which on itself isn't Messianic Judaism. Yeah, that's just a, a, okay. Yeah, uh, it's like Jews for Jesus, those kind of people. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, I know what it is. It's just a weird thing for him to convert to. Yeah, um, uh, it's not too concerning on its own, but then when I looked into a little a little bit more apparently rotor was part of a group that was kicked out or asked to leave a local synagogue because they were too extreme in their anti-government beliefs as well as their aggressive mentality against abortion that was interesting when i was reading about that um wow yeah so uh, dude just wasn't wanted anywhere because he was too fucking extreme yeah i guess so um Now, the trial didn't go the way the anti-abortion crowd wanted to go. Operation Rescue saw the potential loss to Tiller would be enough to shut down his clinic for good. But in March 2009, Tiller was found not guilty. The good news. What's that? How was he found not guilty? By a jury. They, They did a trial on him and he was found not guilty for us for i guess the law that was him assisting on a late-term abortion with a practice that he had a financial stake in so he wasn't uh, even really uh, it was just like he was financially tied to something. yeah it was a weird law that made no sense they said but they were they, trying they to get him on something yeah they were trying to get him on something the da was a uh, um was a anti-choice da 
Um, but the, gotcha. the yeah, the good news was short lived for Tiller, though, because he was sued again for the same exact thing. Instead of the DA this time, it was the Kansas Board of Healing Arts that sued him. The fuck is that? It's another department within the um, Kansas government. Um, they sued him for the exact same exact thing. But um, gotta this... love how they're just like, oh well, guess we lost. Psych, we're going to go over here now. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just what they that's what the anti-choice people do that's how they got row overturned they just yep. kept, kept trying and trying and trying every different angle that they could think of kept trying 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 yep. then they finally got it yep makes me think of like final fantasy or something like that it's like <laughs> that person takes a turn our pokemon you know it's like that person hits you you get lost 18 hp and then <laughs> here comes another one no he lost another pikachu's dead now that's roe v wade <laughs> Sorry, um, Roby Wade is Pikachu. Yeah, my wife uh, makes fun of the way I say Pikachu. Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu. You, you, you sound like you're saying peak at you. Yes, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. I say it wrong for sure. Despite Tiller, despite Tiller getting sued again, the original loss was too much for Rotor to handle. Doctor Tiller needed to be stopped. So on the morning of May 24th, 2009, Scott Roeder went to the Reformation Lutheran Church in Wichita, Kansas for morning service, but Dr. Tiller did not show up at church that morning, so Roeder drove back to Topeka. The following Friday, Tiller drove back to Wichita. He spent the day with one of his children, uh, which was highly strange uh, because he was pretty hardcore about keeping the Friday Sabbath. Um, his, uh, son stated in something I was watching that, uh, believes it was his father saying goodbye to him. But, uh, on Sunday morning, he went back to the Reformation Lutheran church, uh, the very church, which had reformed Tiller's life when he started going to the church's alcoholism programs year before. Um, he loves serving as an usher on Sundays. Roeder sat in a pew and waited for Tiller to pass by him. Roeder followed Tiller out of the sanctuary and into the foyer. He knew that Tiller would be wearing his bulletproof vest, so he held a gun up to Tiller's head and pulled the trigger. Dr. Tiller, Dr. George Tiller died instantly. Roeder threatened two people with a gun and ran off, but he would be captured more than three hours later while driving his car. In his car on the dashboard was the name, phone, name and phone number of one of the leaders of Operation Rescue. He showed, you guys need anything? Say anything? No, you're not. No, I'm just really, this is sad. Yeah. 
he showed no remorse at his trial. You have had a long-standing belief, uh, have you not, that uh, Dr. Tiller needed to die? Uh, it took many years to come to that. Is that a yes or no? Yes. Back in 1993, um, you started to believe that George Tiller needed to die. Is that correct? Uh, I was exploring the possibility of justifiable force against abortion providers. And Dr. Tiller was one of those abortion providers. Yes. And there were others? Um, well, any abortion provider. All right. So he wasn't your only target? Well. Yes or no? He was my only target. He was tried and convicted of first-degree murder. He got 50 years without the eligibility of... Oh, I'm slurring my words today. Um, he got 50 years without the eligibility of parole. It got changed to life with the eligibility of parole after 25, which was mo- which will most likely not happen. Uh, he has not been a good inmate and has had 98 infractions since 2009. He has gotten into big trouble for who he has contacted and the contents of those conversations. Roder's name has been given to author- Roder's name had been given to authorities a number of times before the assassination. The weeks leading up to the murder, Roder has been had been caught by staff trying to damage the locks to another Kansas abortion clinic, including just the day before George Killer was murdered. George Tiller will be forever remembered for his strength, defiance, and his motto, trust women. So that was the death of George Tiller. Which could have been completely fucking avoided if, uh, you know, people actually looked into these people and kept an eye on them and actually arrested them for shit they should be arrested for. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous. That man should yep. have been in prison a long fucking time before that happened. Or at least mm. in a, like some sort of mental health facility. Yeah. There, I didn't put it in here and I should have. There was a confirmation that there was either possible schizophrenia to a severe bipolar disorder. Um mm there's a lot of things going like uh questions about that and everything but uh i couldn't get a concrete answer so i didn't include it but there are uh questions about his mental uh stability so but uh yeah somebody uh, dropped the fucking ball again oh yeah big time um but on uh, April 1st, 2012 a homemade bomb was set outside a window at a planned parenthood office in Grand Chute, Wisconsin. It went off, but didn't cause very much damage. It went damage. off, but yeah, it went off, but didn't cause very much damage. But the bomber was never caught. On April 11, 2013, Benjamin David Carell took his axe and gave the Planned Parenthood in Bloomington, Indiana, a bunch of wax. He used his axe to break down, break into the clinic and cause $22,000 in damage. He was found guilty of violating the FACE Act and received three years in jail and had to pay back $22,000. Like that, that's so ridiculous. Like, obviously it's ridiculous, but like that just takes so much fucking like, that's like strength to do too. Like 
did you not regret that? Like within the first two fucking swings, maybe first. Like I don't understand that at all. Yeah, you have to be filled with so much rage. Right, like you know how hard it is to get the fucking axe out of whatever you're hitting too. Afterwards, like halfway through the pool, you're like, "This was a big fucking mistake." Like, yeah, Yeah. like, wow, that motherfucker was insane for sure. Yeah, but uh, you got yourself all hyped up. mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you you've seen that behind the scenes footage of fucking Jack Nicholson having to like hop around the fucking room and shit before hitting a fake door with an axe. Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't like a, a Planned Parenthood door. Um, yeah. or anything like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, sorry. not a good com- comparison. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the shining last episode too. Uh, but, uh, come and uh, play with us. You've always been here. <laughs> You've always been here. <laughs> August 6th, 2012, Jebediah Stout, which I told my wife about this story and she was just like, yep, that's a Missouri name. Jebediah Stout, 32 of <laughs> Joplin, Missouri, burnt down a mosque in Joplin on october 2nd unsuccessfully he tried to light the plan fahrenheit in joplin on fire he came back the next day and tried to light it on fire again but got caught this time when he was arrested and questioned he admitted to burning down the mosque also he received 63 months in jail and was ordered to pay back seven hundred and one thousand dollars in restitution I mean, if you believed in God, you could almost say it was like you received a sign to stop doing it the first time. <laughs> try, try again, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was just listening to Chumbawamba over and over again. <laughs> I get knocked down. I get up again. Yeah. Um, but uh, if this is a sign from God, I would stop. But you're not listening to this tune, dude. <laughs> and this is going to be our last story for the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it took me a while to write this one. Uh, I was putting it off for like three or four days, uh, because I knew it was going to, what a detailed, but, uh, so Robert Deere was born in 1958 in South Carolina, but grew up middle-class in Kentucky. He was raised as a Baptist and his religious roots would always stay with him. He claims that when he was nine, the Lord sent down lightning to strike him, and he saw a vision. Couldn't figure out what that vision was, but uh, yeah, pretty normal stuff. Um, It was the Kentucky Fried Chicken sign, but it had a naked lady on it. That was the vision. No, a naked lady with the head of the the colonel. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) That sounds like a religious experience if I've ever heard one. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> Primus is playing in the background. He, oh God. <laughs> Colonel was a waste race call driver. Um, during his 57 years, he led the life of a human piece of garbage. Uh, he did somehow get a degree in public administration. Uh, he was a he was married three times and had four children. One of them not with one of his wives. Um, I don't put any of their names in here just because this is not about them. Um, yeah, they don't he, deserve it. He, yeah. Well, I mean, I whatever. Uh, he was a cheater and abuser. He was physically abusive to his wives. He slammed one of his wife's head into a door because she moved his motorcycle helmet. So a real cool guy. Uh, He was also accused of rape in 1992, but witnesses wouldn't testify, so he was never charged. Uh, 
Uh, it oh. was by knife too. So um, yeah, it sounds like he didn't definitely couldn't be scaring anybody to not talk. Yeah. Uh, his second wife claims that he was obsessed with revenge, even to the point where she feared the life of his rape accuser. To get back as his boss one time, he would show up to work sweaty and stinky as bad as he could get on the way to work. Jesus. He wouldn't bathe. He would run to work. Um, shit himself. <laughs> not wipe. Wipe back to front. I'm really um, going to get back at him today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get back at his neighbor cleaning about parking rules, Deer poured gasoline on his lawn to kill it. God damn, what a bitter asshole. <laughs> one of his ex-wife's yeah, one of ex one of his ex-wife said of Deer, quote, he claims to be a Christian and an extremely evangelistic, but does not follow the Bible in his actions. Mm. He says that as long as he believes, he will be saved and he can do whatever he pleases. Wow. He is obsessed what? with the world coming to an end. That's some Calvinist bullshit right there. That sounds like a majority of fucking Christians. Today. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've talked to people like that where they're like, oh, good, good works are for nothing. I mean, they're not really worth anything. You know, right. I'm predestined to be saved. So no matter what I do, I'm saved. So that anyway, is Calvinist bullshit. Yeah. Um, it was about the, this time that he, he was with his second wife. And that he discovered the OG conspiracy. What the hell was that? That was a drawer. I'm oh, sorry. Oh my god! I thought you ripped one. That's um, like Chewbacca. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. No, I was. See, it's a, It's the drawer of my desk. Okay, I believe to... you. I believe you. It's fine. No, listen. If I farted, I would just say I farted because uh, I think I burped in one of these episodes at one point. Yes, she did at the very beginning. Um, uh, it was about this time that he and his second wife got together and that he discovered the OG conspiracy theorist tool, the shortwave radio. Mm. He discovered some real old school scumbags, one being someone we'll cover at some point, Tex Mars, and the king of conspiracy, William Cooper, author of the most stolen book in history, Behold a Pale Horse. Uh, this radicalized him in the late 80s and the shit show of the Clinton administration against the rising tide of right wing extremism, Waco, Ruby Ridge, Oklahoma City, the Olympic Park bombings and more. All were either false flags set up by the federal government to take away our goddamn rights or an outright attack by the black booted thugs coming to stomp out the throat of the Constitution. That's a real red red pill, blue pill situation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He believed that he had become a target of the FBI after Waco because he started speaking out about the, quote, Federal Bureau of Incineration. Oh, man. Sick burn. Uh, oh, he... Sick burn. I see what you did there. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> so clever. I missed it. Uh, he also somehow mentally gymnastic himself into believing that the rape charges were the FBI trying to frame him, even oh, though they man. happened a year before Waco happened. Um, 
But it's always anyway. the best when someone is such a liar that they start believing their lies and you can just watch them do it. That's mm-hmm. the greatest. Yep. During his time in the Carolinas, he would be investigated by police at least nine times for from animal abuse and voyeurism. Mm-hmm. He threatened to kill a neighbor neighbor and their dog. He also had a restraining order put against him because he peed into a neighbor's window. He did can get convicted once for carrying a knife and a loaded gun in 1991, but he probably just he's got just a nasty little goblin. Yeah, he's well, a he's nasty not little. little fucking guy. Well, you know what I mean. But yeah, this dude is uh six two and like at least 280, 300 pounds. He's a big well, dude. he's a goblin. Uh, yeah, these yeah. are the dudes in fucking school that would always just do whatever the fuck they want because they didn't mm-hmm. think anybody was going to do anything. Yeah. I thought you said peeped in someone's window, but... I yeah, he did. Well, no, no, no. He, no, he got in trouble for voyeurism, but he also peed in somebody's window. That's what I'm saying. I thought I thought you said peeped, not peed. No, and peed. Now that I'm realizing you said peed, Yeah. a new disrespect for this man. That's really <laughs> fucking disgusting. It was probably revenge for some bullshit. I don't um, give a shit. Can you imagine? No, 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 no. I'm not justifying it. I'm just <laughs> saying that's, that's I know you're not. I don't know why I didn't... I don't know why I started that Back off, that dude. Way. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it's just I'm really thinking about it. It's really pissing me off. Just sitting at your house reading it's a pissing book. Pissing you off that he peed in a window. Oh, I see what you did on. there. You keep hitting him out of the park, Donovan. Right. Uh, uh, you just fucking read a book and then all of a sudden you just feel fucking sprinkles on your shoulder. Like, what is that? What's the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I saw a video today of this girl pissing in a cup at a club, and then she put it on a tray behind her, and the DJ grabbed it and threw it on her. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Fucking Are you watching crazy. train spotting? <laughs> no. <laughs> there was no baby climbing above me that was trying to get me. Um, but uh, in the mid-90s, Deer became a ditto head and a huge fan of the nationally broadcasted Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh was one of the first forces to get Deer into the pro-life movement. Shocker. Yeah. He attended his in very anti-woman. I mean, he was he was one of the first people that made anti-women like uh, mainstream within the evangelical church. And him and Bill O'Reilly um, like best buddies. Yeah. Uh, he attended his first protest and committed his first act of violence against a clinic when he claimed he superglued a clinic's door shut. Now, in the late 90s, Fox News became a big part of Deer's life. Mm. Can you see what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of his kids recounts one time coming to visit him and he would be glued to the TV watching Bill O'Reilly. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, I know a bunch of people listening to this right now are like, hey, that was my dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm trying not to say it for once. <laughs> you might want to go away for a minute, Donovan. Yeah, um, yeah I know. <laughs> his family uh, and the same son said that he was a pretty normal dad. He liked playing with his kids and having fun. Quote, one of his son, a quote from one of his sons said he had he was really normal except for his beliefs. <laughs> uh... <laughs> he was really attractive except for his face yeah right. 
he bought a computer to get on this thing. I don't know if you've got heard about it at all, but the World Wide Web. Um, you can Sounds only trustworthy. Im- yeah. Sounds like only- a fad. <laughs> you can only imagine what he was diving into in the first days of the internet. Mm-hmm. Outside of batshit crazy websites, he would post on dating profiles on the same on on some sites that uh, insisted that he liked a more physical type of a sexual relationship. I guarantee um, that motherfucker was a big part of Rotten.com. Oh, my God. Probably if he could figure it out. Um, that fucking website fucked me up, man. Yeah. Uh, he divorced his last wife around 2001, but stayed in the Carolinas in a shack in the woods. Uh, in 2012, when weed uh, in Colorado became legal, he and his new girlfriend moved there. Uh, he his his girlfriend wanted to grow become a marijuana farmer. Um, apparently, uh, old deer here was a big pothead, uh, ah. which is really weird. Um, uh, but uh, he he and his girlfriend had a small trailer on a few acres of land that didn't have running water or electricity in Hartsel Hartsel, Colorado, about sixty five miles west of Colorado Springs. His neighbors described him as quiet and weird. Uh, His conversations couldn't stay on topic. He was all over the place in his thinking. One neighbor who had returned a loose dog to him said the only time he had been in his shack, Deer Deer offered them literature about how Obama is destroying the country. Oh, thanks, man. You want to, you want some water? It's kind of hot. <laughs> you want this book about how Obama is the Antichrist? What? No? He actually I'll did just take the water. Ant- yeah, I'll just take yeah. the water, please. No, no. How about this pamphlet right here? It talks about Biden being his uh, mistress. <laughs> he did Not believe that, uh, that Obama was the uh, Antichrist. So, yes. uh, yeah. Again, yeah, so did my dad. Yes. <laughs> Tell me all the things that your father believed, and I can check them against these. Um, yeah, just keep talking that you're good <laughs> <laughs> he would go onto online marijuana forums and one thread he'd tell everyone how bad they needed jesus and then next he'd be talking about how much he loved weed and would try to look for women to fuck oh my god uh, he also became a huge fan of the army of god website again i've used it as a source but please do do not go on it this is like a horror movie version of uh, The Nutty Professor. Or I guess you could just say Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is... Got no, no, I like yours. Nutty Professor is better. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's just one guy putting the same suit on and shit. Just yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Who would in the mid though? to late 2000s, Deer found Alex Jones, uh, InfoWars... And the uh, and another Sandy Hook denier, Carl Gallops. He now believed that Robin Williams was killed by the federal government, and Obama was the Antichrist. I forgot I put it in here. Uh, well, and the next of this is a huge trigger warning. The one reason I was putting this all off. Um, the week before Thanksgiving, two thousand fifteen, Deer's girlfriend developed a boil on her ass. Uh, that had turned gangrenous. She oh had to go God. to the hospital. Yeah, gross. Uh, she had to go to the hospital, which Deer was highly suspicious of already. His girlfriend had to stay at the hospital while he she was being treated. 
She had a gangrenous boil on her ass. Jesus yeah. Christ. Why yeah. would you be suspicious? Send her to the hospital. Uh, he was suspicious of the hospital. Um, you'll figure out. You'll find out why. Uh, okay. On the morning of November 27, 2015, Deer drove to Pikes Peak Regional Hospital to pick up his girlfriend. The doctors did not want to release her. For some reason, I couldn't figure out why. Um, and I really don't want to know now, but they didn't think that she or deer were able to care for the wound. So it, I'm thinking it might've been near the butthole, but I don't know. Um, Are they just it might've needed it? to be packed. You yeah. Know? Maybe, yeah. maybe they're trying to get him to come in to talk to him about it. Like maybe they're worried about her being abused or something too. I doubt that. Um, uh, deer insisted uh, he would be able to clean and change the gauze pads. The doctors gave in, but he would have to come back into the hospital so they could show him how to change them. Deer refused. Mm. Deer believed that the doctors were actually federal agents, and once he went back into the hospital, they would attack him and take control of him. He told the New Republic, quote, it was a trick. They wanted to come up behind me while I had my hands up her ass. End quote. He said that he told the doctors, quote, look, I'm not playing games. I'm not going to do it. End quote. Meanwhile, his poor girlfriend's lying on a table with her butt in the air and a hole in it. An extra yeah. one. And he's Just like, oozing. I'm not fucking. Yeah, I'm not doing <laughs> this shit. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> so fucking horrible. that She's just um, like, okay. He stormed out of the hospital and drove to a nearby payphone. Deer called the hospital to talk to his girlfriend. He couldn't get through to her. He believed that the FBI was holding his girlfriend hostage to get to him, and they wouldn't stop until he was dead or in their control. And that's when Robert Deer lost any control he had on his mental illness. Deer called the Planned Parenthood toll-free number and asked for the closest Planned Parenthood next to him. He got lost a few times, but he eventually got to the clinic. Robert Deer sat outside in his pickup truck. It was already loaded to the top with weapons and ammunition. This is again quote from the New Republic article. Deer parked in front of the clinic and went around to the back of his pickup. The truck held four SKS semi-automatic rifles, two other rifles, a shotgun, two pistols, a hatchet, several knives, a supply of ammunition, which was about 500, uh, arrow tips, a bulletproof vest he had fashioned himself from coins and duct tape, and a Bible. Fucking Christ. For the past year, he had kept the arsenal close by at all times, just in case. Now he donned the vest and placed several of the weapons in garbage bags so it would be easier to carry. Then he began on what he later referred to as his rampage, end quote. Two women were getting out of their car. One was coming for an abortion while the other was there for moral support. Uh, the woman that was there for the moral support, she had two children of her own and her name was Jennifer Markowski. Deer walked up to them as they were walking up to the clinic and said, you shouldn't have come here. He shot Markowski's friend in the arm and killed Markarski. A man outside the clinic who was waiting for his girlfriend, Kiera, 
the key Kier Stewart saw the shooting. He yelled for everyone to get back and tried to make his way back inside the clinic, but was shot in the back and killed by deer. Planned Parenthood had planned for this very scenario for years. It wasn't the first time someone had shot at them. The employees, doctors, and nurses turned off all their phones and barricaded and locked the doors and followed most of the same protocols our kids have at school today. Why did they turn their phones off? To, for the sound. So they wouldn't, uh, so if somebody was calling them, the sound wouldn't go off. So they wouldn't be found. Yeah. Oh. Um, or silence that their phones. W- yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was like, wouldn't you want to call 911? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like in this type of situation, it's like it's jammed. I mean, I've tried calling 911 in like a mess. Like we had an earthquake out here once mm-hmm. I tried calling and it was dead. Like you couldn't get through to anyone. Because everybody was calm. So, um, but uh, Deer fired indiscriminately around the office. He hit one woman in the chest through the wall, but she lived. When law enforcement arrived, Deer had an incredible advantage. The windows on the clinic allowed people inside to see out, but the people outside could not see in. Deer picked off six officers, killing one of them. Then a long, insane standoff happened. Police tried calling Deer, but he would not answer the phone. They rammed a police vehicle into the lobby. This separated Deer from the others inside, and a number of them were able to escape because of this. Deer was alone now. From the New Republic article, which I've been quoting, quote, Deer, who considers himself an ardent Christian, began coughing and praying. They, I'm sorry, they had shot and tear gas into the building at this point. Um, Deer, who considered himself an ardent Christian, began coughing and praying. Quote, just take me, God, he pleaded. Just take me home. A bullet then grazed his hand. Sitting on the wet floor, he drew a cross on the wall with his blood. He put his fingers in the accumulate, accumulating water and licked them to soothe his parched throat. At one point during the standoff, he found a credit card and wrote the words shoot out on one side and give up on the other. He flipped the card and it landed on give up. Three dead and nine injured. Deer was taken into custody and yelled out no more baby parts. The preliminary preliminary trial was a shit show. Deer couldn't be controlled and constantly yelled out against his lawyers, the government and Planned Parenthood. Because you added the babies that are supposed to be aborted that day? Because you add that to the list? Or the depth of Mr. Deer's mental illness until we receive full disclosure from the district attorney's office. Serious concerns about competency the truth coming in this out. case. Right. Um, and we are in a hearing within 30 and days. We want the truth out. Unreasonable, Judge. This is unheard of that the prosecution is trying to help get the truth out, and you're trying to silence the truth. You're trying to make me go, you want to make I think the problem is obvious, Judge. Nobody will ever know the amount of blood I saw inside that place. Oh, I want the right. I want the truth to come out. There's a lot more to this than me to go silently into the grave. Uh, there's a lot of things that they don't want to be known. Planned Parenthood and my lawyer 
are in cahoots to shut me up because right, they don't want the truth out. Right, just listen to me for a moment, okay? For, for the proceeding statement. And I'm not going to uh, agree to their mental health evaluations where they want to take me and put me under psychotropic drugs so that I can't talk like the Batman guy. Finish. He was ruled incompetent to stand trial. He is still being held in custody and is still being decided is still being decided legally what could be done with him. He is being mandated to take medication at this point. So this is where we're going to leave it at this point. Yes, we've missed five years um, since that point and uh, take in a number of incidences uh, that have happened since 2015. But I have an important thing that I want to talk about before we move on. Do you guys have any thoughts or anything about Robert Deere or anything? Oh, I have thoughts about him. None that are polite to say. Yeah. I just think he's a fucking cowardly piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i just... Yeah, I'm just tired of seeing all the shit that usually fucking uh, sets these people off, gives them a reason to finally just snap. Like that, This shit has always been around. It's still around. No one's stopping it. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's fucking so frustrating being a kid and seeing these words and hearing these words and seeing these programs that these motherfuckers were watching and being radicalized from and knowing even then, like, this is crazy, you know, yeah. watching Bill O'Reilly every fucking night and just hearing this shit coming out of his mouth and knowing it's nuts. And then a grown ass man could still go out and just do this shit. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. still happening. It still yeah. happens. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, there is no doubt that Robert Deere is mentally ill. There is no doubt that he had gone decades without medical care. He should have been locked up many times. And if Reagan hadn't dismantled the mental health care system in this country, he might have ended up in the mental care system at some point. Uh, there, there is no doubt that the mental stability and illness have played into many of these attacks. There is also an element of guilt-induced violence that has played into many of these attacks as well. Some of these people were motivated by Catholic beliefs, some by evangelical beliefs, but all of them were radicalized. All of them were preyed upon by powerful voices within the, their community. The radical right, if it be Christian, political, or racial, all are preying upon those who are already slipping through the cracks. Their net is wide, and they might even catch you on the way down. This is why many churches put their claws into the poor prisoners and parentless. Mm. You can radicalize them or at least control them much more easily. Alex Jones, Operation Rescue, Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson can all distance themselves and make excuses and disavow violence, but they unrepentantly know what they are doing. They know that the most unstable and desperate will lash out and put their rhetoric into action. <clears throat> In the Christchurch and Buffalo shootings, both shooters took the replacement theory, the same that people like Carson, Carlson and Jones have been talking about, and put it into action. Robert Deere hood all these monsters from his TV, computer, and radio 
and believed that parent, Planned Parenthood was sacrificing babies and selling their body parts. Mm. He believed that he needed to make a stand to make it stop. Just like the shooters needed to stop the growth of the Muslim and black communities and their actions, like Scott Roeder's, would inspire others to pay the ultimate for their fight of God, babies, the white race, and guns against blacks, gays, and women. So, with that, this is not over. Um, as no. Roe has been turned over, the states that still have abortions just became bigger targets. Mm. The shrinking number of places to provide abortions just become more prized goals and the doctors and staff are collateral damage to saving babies. And with that, we are going to end our episode, last episode on abortion violence, anti-abortion violence. For now. For now. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. So, uh, I don't know. Horrible. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have been following the Alex Jones um, trial right now. I have That's followed good. on and off, yeah. Yeah. I saw the stuff with his lawyer flipping off the other lawyer and shit and Yeah, yeah. Being a um lunatic. Yeah, I followed it probably a lot closer than I should be. Uh oh, yeah. I listened to another podcast called Knowledge Fight that breaks down all of Alex Jones episodes and everything and it's funny oh, wow. and informative and they're the two people are the hosts are there right now at the trial. Oh shit. Um, the one host was brought into a deposition as an expert, uh, as oh, a really? research expert. Yeah. Holy fuck. Um, That's like crazy. really fucking intense. Um, <clears throat> so imagine? I, that'd be fucking nuts. Yeah. They've been doing the episode for years now and they have like 700 episodes or something like that. Um, so the, fu- but, the funny takeaway that I've had from it is like watching Alex Jones have to be calm in court. And sitting there while his lawyer basically does what he does, it reminds me mm-hmm. of like the Key and Peel, like Obama anger mitigator yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. literally the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Jones hasn't been there for a lot of it. Uh, but tomorrow, if you guys are interested, he is going to be testifying. Oh, really? Which is going to be f- either fucking nuts or absolutely just ridiculous. I think it'll be a beautiful um, train wreck, hopefully. Yeah. So, and then both the parents of the of the Sandy Hook child are testifying also. Yeah. I think oh, the, main wow. thing I, the only thing yeah. I saw mainly was the opening arguments. I okay. Think. Yeah. Today I listened to on the way uh, at work today and on the way home, they interviewed a uh, specialist on trauma therapy, mm-hmm. and they broke down CPTSD and what they're going through and all the um what do you call it all the symptoms and everything and everything they're going through and what jones has done to them and his minions and uh yeah the only reason i bring all this up is because these people need to be held more accountable than they ever have been before um if that requires us doing social media like a lot of people are doing it now and i commend them for it like you were talking about tiktok earlier donovan yeah um a lot of that stuff is powerful um and helpful uh and uh do what you can in these moments i know some of you i know donovan you probably had weird feelings of like my father could have been robert deer oh yeah you know 
just yeah. like he was he was the same way you know he yep. he he got involved and got radicalized and all the stuff that he believed um i would go read that new republic article um it's insane um it's uh this reporter got closer to robert deer than probably anybody else did um and some of the shit he believed is stuff i hear every day on that podcast from alex jones you know <laughs> and stuff you hear online from other crazy people i say crazy i don't mean that as a disrespect but no you know. i know i know what you mean so. it's people it's also weird too that there's always been like a weird divide like people look at Alex Jones as different than like Tucker Carlson and stuff but it's it's not really different at all. It's not really Alex you just Alex Jones is the he goes further and just uh, he becomes a meme. Right. He be yeah, he becomes a joke. But, but if you actually listen to like Tucker Carlson, he does the same fucking shit because he goes oh, out yeah. on like hypotheticals constantly and stuff. So the only thing that's different is he's not using like animals and aliens. He's using yeah, liberals absolutely. and Democrats, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so the same it's thing. Just... They pretty much have the same message, but mm-hmm. one is in a bow tie and the other one is right. uh, scheming about gay frogs and making everybody right. laugh yep. about that. But at yep. the same time is, is radicalizing a, Mm-hmm. Um, a group of you know young to middle-aged white males um, and uh, you know it's it's scary so um, I hope yeah. every one of us through this can call out more hypocrisy and we have a feeling of knowing that our beliefs with uh, freedom of choice is a more righteous less violent um, more accepting, more about love um, and compassion than than any pro-life organization will ever show. Um, and these people will take... Oh, shit. I'm really sorry. I got to go. The baby's awake. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I'll try to hop back in if I can get him okay. to sleep, but I got to go. Okay. All right. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, Same. Um, you're talking about the uh, the pro-life movement not really showing well. oh so the pro-life movement they like any organization even Operation Rescue and all these motherfuckers mm-hmm. they will take what these uh, with what these radicalized individuals will do they benefit from it mm-hmm. they'll distance themselves from it and, and uh, you know disavow the violence but at the same time, they'll be like, but at the same time, you know, it, they shouldn't have been killing babies, you know, so they'll justify it and it just makes it even worse. And Plus, I heard that growing up, mm-hmm. you know, you heard of a, a abortion bombing or anything like that. And it's their fault because they shouldn't have been doing that. Well, it goes back to like it's it's just the the shit that they do to us to keep us in the church and you know mm-hmm. docile to begin with you know like if we go to them with something our mom or dad did to us that was fucked up or something and they're like well what did you do to deserve that or something mm-hmm. it's just that on a grandiose scale you know yeah it's the same fucking thing same principle they always do the same shit they just they just apply it differently sometimes but it's always the same shit to keep everyone in check and yep. in line and following their rules only yeah. like it's 
I know it's not different than anything we've seen before and stuff, but like I just feel like right now of that, like I you've said it many times on here, it's just like these people have more of a platform than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. But it, but the irony, like not irony, the thing that's the funniest to me is like you would think that with that they would want to hide their true intention a little bit more to get more people, but they're being so fucking brazen with yep. this shit. Like the Lauren uh, Lauren Boebert shit where she's like literally saying like, oh, no, there's no not going to be a separation of church and state yeah. anymore. Fuck yeah. that noise. Like she's legit just saying that. And it's like yep. you guys are literally crying about the Constitution, saying the Constitution mm-hmm. needs to be upheld, but then you're literally ripping it apart. It's but it's not surprising again because it's the whole Christian rhetoric of picking and choosing like they do with the Bible and everything yep. else. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, where my mind keeps going no it's fine no i got it i'm i feel the same way i just i i know that some some of our listeners are you know they know about a lot of the violence and some of them are hearing some of the stories and like you know relating to them or you know uh but this stuff is gonna keep happening um we're sadly a short time away from another mass shooting um uh, it might be at abortion clinic, you know, uh, there's a high, very good chance it could happen again. Um, the really soon. fucking sad thing is yeah. too, you can say that probably almost any day of any week yeah. in America and yeah. you'd be right. Yep. America. Fuck yeah. All I'm right. Really That's it for today. Save the motherfucking day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, please email us, message us, uh, do whatever you can uh, to get at us. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, email us at xcompod at gmail.com. Uh, we've gotten back to every email we've gotten. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you will hear back from us. Uh, we don't let that stuff go by the wayside. Um, rate, review, subscribe, do all this stuff. If you want to go to iTunes, do that stuff. I heard it. I hear it helps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can follow me at, uh, oh wait, no, you can follow the podcast at XCOM pod <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at, uh, tick on TikTok and Instagram on Facebook. You can go to the excommunication station, uh, podcast group there. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, you can, uh, follow me at Chaz X cure or 17 underscore seconds. You can listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Antonio Gavin and I talk all things cure related. And Donovan, do you have a hot take today? I'm, I'm honestly worried about this one after the last week. I've been, th- I've been, I'm still dreading the fucking Empire Records thing coming out. <laughs> I talked to Danielle about that. She's like, you really said that? I was like, I, yeah. <laughs> the worst um, papers are in the mail. Right. So uh, I think that the character Eddie Munson is overrated as fuck. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) I love Joe Quinn as an actor. He killed it in the fucking show. He was amazing. There's no doubt about that. Like, he fucking story arc and everything. He was written great in the show. I got no qualms about the show at all. I I just hate the way that fucking this... Yeah, I just don't think he was as big as... He needs to be for everyone else right now. I feel like I, a lot of the people that are hanging on to him would have hated that fucking person in school. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Hate that per- and I just, I hate shit like that. You know what I mean? That, that shit annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> I, I, I think that 
he should have been on the show longer. Yeah, I agree with that. Than that one season. Um, and I feel like if he didn't die, he would not be as loved as he was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely shouldn't have died. Um, I don't know why they killed him off. Spoiler alert, um, I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, the guitar scene was, I mean, I think everybody blows that out of proportion. But I, 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 mean, I thought it was cool. But, you know, I love Metallica. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but uh, I think it should have been a different song. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, so jump metal. in the fire. Like, yeah, yeah it could have been an, even a different Metallica song, but I think it could yeah. have been in any other song. Like, he even held a fucking maiden tape, you know? Yeah, it could have been maiden. Yeah. Run for the hills, that would have been so much cooler. That would have been cool, yeah. But that's just, oh, that's well. my, I just feel like, I feel like he be, like, that character just quickly became, like, the new fucking fad without any any substance from it like people don't like that character for the things you should like the character about like the whole fucking him actually being like a good actor and shit like the the whole ethos that he had like for the character it's always just like oh dungeon dragons and metallica dude you see this fucking jacket it's fucking sick you're just like no (laughs) stop (laughs) all right these uh these hot takes keep coming and coming. Um, I'm gonna get kicked off. <laughs> yeah, soon. Eventually. All right. They're gonna be like, look, this this short fucker and his voices to begin with. <laughs> all right, let's leave it there. Um, so peace be right. with you. And with your spirits. And everybody say. I like my looks. I like my personality. I've got a choice to make. Almost every second that I'm awake But it may be the reason I'd rather be sleeping You try and you make it work It's not real if it doesn't hurt Hey everyone, it is time for sources so so you know i don't make this stuff up we got the herald tribune anti-abortion activists guilty in sex cases 2004 john burt from pensapia the pensacola encyclopedia tampa bay times grand jury to hear opponent uh, abortion opponent in 1994 uh, activist guilty of molestation on oscar Ocula Star Banner 2004 Time Magazine Top 10 Inept Terrorist Plots uh, That was 2009 Um, That's with the guy that tried to Blow up the abortion clinic And it was the wrong place Uh, We got KWQC6 Man crashes into Davenport Health Davenport Health Clinic 2006 uh, Seattle PI abortion clinic fire in Olympia ruled arson. That is 2005. Uh, Washington Post the radical unrepentant ideology of abortion clinic killers 2015. We have WAFB to plead guilty to leaving firebomb outside abortion clinic 2006. We have the book Cults Inside Out by Rick Allen Ross. And that was titled Detroit Man Sentence for Women Health Clinic Arson 2007. 
um, at KCCI8 Crime Beat, convicted arson, arsonist back in prison 2012. From Intelligence Report, Fall 2007 issue, would-be clinic bomber gets 40 years. From KOAT7 ABC, suspect in abortion clinic, fire, pled not guilty, and that was 2007. The Star Tribune, East Metro, man charged with driving into Planned Parenthood facility, 2009. ADL.org. Texas abortion clinic bomber admits to other male bombings 2007 from Justice Department um, this was a Sergio Baca and Chad Altman uh, release from uh, 2009 from Justia Law uh, State of Minnesota and Courts Appeal that has to do with Matthew Lee DeRosa um, we have CNN.com. Clinic workers chased off suspect before Dr. Slain. That was 2009. The Guardian. For years, anti-abortionists tried to stop Dr. Tiller. Finally, a bullet did in 2009. The Guardian. I shot you as the abortion doctor to protect children. Scott Roeder tells court 2010. From Salon. Controversial Kansas doctor acquitted in an abortion case. That was 2009. From PolitiFact. Dealing with if Bill O'Reilly told uh, George Tiller the baby killer. Um, some He claimed some pro-lifers branded him that. That was ruled false. Um, and that was 2009. In LJWorld.com, AG charges Wichita abortion doctor with 19 misdemeanors. That was 2007. Columbia Dale, Daily Tribune, Rotor links to Bible group are scrutinized 2009. From Religious Dispatch, Scott Roeder's Religion, 2010. From the Justice Department, justice.gov, Indiana man sentenced for damaging property and equipment at Planned Parenthood, 2014. Missouri man who set fire to mosque and who attempted arson at Planned Parenthood, sentenced 63 months in prison, 2016. That was also from the Justice Department. From Nation World, what's known about suspect in Planned Parenthood shooting, 2015. From uh, archivesfbi.gov, man nets 10 years for arson at Reproductive Health Facility in Pensacola, 2009, I believe. No, 2012, sorry. Uh, who is Robert Deere? Planned Parenthood shooting suspect seems strange, not dangerous, neighbors say. This was from NBC News, and that's 2009. From CBS Colorado, court orders Robert Deere to involuntarily take meds. That's 2022, actually. And from anotherjustice.gov, Robert Deere indicted by federal grand jury for 2015 Planned Parenthood shooting. 2009, also from 2009, NBC News, Planned Parenthood shooting suspect Robert Deere targeted agents before, says ex-wife. From Tampa Bay Times, for Robert Deere, religion and rage, before Planned Parenthood attack as 2009 or sorry 2015 uh, buzzfeednews.com from 2015 here's what we know about the suspect in the Planned Parenthood shooting from Vanity Fair in 2015 Planned Parenthood shooter Robert Deere was a lonely religious extremist and the one uh, article I use the most when talking about Robert Deere the New Republic the making of an American terrorist 2016 
uh, from the Planned Parenthood web archives of Violent Week in August 2005. And that's it. Peace be with you and with your spirit. Thank you for listening so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you made it this far listening to me, um, uh, email us, please. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Bye.